Welcome to Living Life. You know, I've heard people say, you know, the Bible is too difficult to understand. You know, especially, you know, this whole part of Jesus um, uh, becoming flesh and being the Word of God and then becoming flesh. I mean, it's too difficult to understand. Um, but, you know, how I respond to that is the Bible is not meant to be difficult to understand. Uh, but when you when you seek God, God will reveal to you uh, and open up your understanding so you can know Him because He wants you to know Him. But the other thing is, uh, even though uh, one might say the Bible is too difficult to understand, it doesn't make the the Word of God, the Bible, the Scriptures, any less true. Whether I can understand them or not. Uh, whether whether or not I'm seeking God, whether or not I'm, I even care about the Word of God, um, the Bible and the Word of God is still absolutely true. But not only is it true, uh, our duty, our responsibility to obey the Scriptures, to obey the Word of God, doesn't change either. Just because we shy away from it, the Bible, shy away from the Scriptures, or feel it's just too difficult to understand. We have a responsibility to the Word of God, and we also have a responsibility uh, to know God. So let's take a look at this scripture uh, relating to what's called the incarnation, where Jesus uh, has become flesh. He was the Word of God, and now he has become flesh. He has become human. Let's take a look at the scripture. John chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. Welcome back to Living Life. The Word became flesh and dwelled among us. What we're saying here, this is, the, this is the incarnation. This is a fundamental tenet of the Christian faith, where the Word becomes flesh. The Word of God who is in the beginning, the Word of God who is God, the Word of God who is the Creator as well, He became flesh. 
who is this word of God that becomes flesh? Well, we know uh, after the incarnation, after he becomes, he becomes flesh or becomes man, uh, we know that this is Jesus whose name is, uh, is the person who becomes flesh. Jesus essentially means God is our salvation or God saves. Uh, incarnation essentially means is to tabernacle among us or to pitch the tent. God tabernacled among his people or pitched his tent among his people. Uh, and when he did that, he, he actually abided with them uh, first in a tent of the meeting or a tabernacle, which was a portable sanctuary, and then later on in the actual temple that Solomon created. So when God pitched his tent with us, uh, we, God was saying, I want to be central in the lives of my people. How do we come in relationship with God? Well, when the Word became flesh, now the Word, Jesus, could represent to us on the cross. Under the Old, uh, Old Testament sacrificial system, the animal sacrifices could never represent man, but Jesus Christ, who is the God-man, represented man on the cross and died for the sins and shed his blood for the sins of humanity and therefore redeeming us or rescuing us by dying for our sins on the cross. And we received grace. Jesus Christ came full of grace and full of truth. As a matter of fact, the scripture says we receive grace upon grace. Essentially what that means is grace heaped on top of grace. So there's never a time where there's insufficient grace. Grace is always more sufficient than our sin. The Bible says that, is that God's grace is greater than our sin. You know, I, it reminds me of the song of Amazing Grace. Uh, actually, this song, Amazing Grace, is a, is a song that most people recognize uh, in the world. Even if you're not a believer, you recognize this song, Amazing Grace. But when you really understand how we came into relationship with God, it's all about grace. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It's not by works, lest anyone should boast. And that song, Amazing Grace, really, really tells us what grace is all about. It, tell, it tells us I was, I was a wretch. It tells us that we were blind, but now we see because of God's amazing grace who saved a wretch like me. I know I, I identify with that song because I was a wretch. I was a chief among sinners, but God's amazing grace showed up in my life. And the same amazing grace can show up in your life because the word became flesh. Jesus came to share in our humanity. He came to see what life was like. He came to share in the, in this, in the temptations, but yet without sin. But he could see, he could understand. So when we go before Jesus, we're not going before him as an unsympathetic high priest and savior. No, he is sympathetic 
and understands what we go through in this life because he came here and shared in our humanity. He saw the suffering. He saw the pain. He experienced the temptations, yet without sin. So he knows what you're going through. He knows what I'm going through. And he desires for us to come to him. His burden is light and his yoke is easy. And if we come to Jesus, we begin to understand that amazing flood of grace of God. So whatever your situation is today, grace can handle it. There's enough grace for your, sufficient, for your situation because grace is all sufficient for your need. You know what grace really is? It, grace is, is giving us something, is giving us favor of God that we don't deserve. God gives us more than what we deserve because he is a God of more. He is a God of abundance. He is a God of, of the many, and he is the God that goes beyond what we can imagine or think. When we're thinking about just a little bit, just enough to get by, God favors us with his abundance, and we know it's God because God always goes beyond what we could think, beyond what we can imagine. You see, that's what grace does. So when we, in the end of the scripture, in verse 18, into this passage, he says, no one has ever seen God, but only, but only uh, Christ who is, who is God himself. Yeah, we could not see God and live. That's what God the Father said to Moses. I'll put you in the cleft of the rock, but you can't see my face because you won't live. But now that Jesus has come, when we see Jesus, we can see the Father. You know, I don't really understand grace, how God can extend his grace to me or to us. But you know what? I'm so glad that he did. Even though my finite mind cannot fully understand the infinite, I'm so glad he did. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, this opportunity to be in presence. And I pray for at least one soul to hear your voice and be turned to you today. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world of stepping in closer. Thank you.